want you to grab your Bible. And look, if we pray and just we put it in whatever position, help me, Joshua, help me, son. If there's deliverance that needs to take place, we let that happen in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Be seated in the presence of the Lord. I'm going to preach for just a second. I want to set the tone biblically. So glad you're in the house of the Lord today. I'm so glad Jesus is in the house today. I'm so glad Jesus is in the room today. I want to preach for just a few minutes on the spirit of infirmity. The spirit of infirmity. We find this in the Gospel of Luke. Luke chapter, Luke chapter 13. Jesus has come into a situation. Watch this. He's teaching in the synagogue. I'm just going to teach through it. Just, I'm just going to run for the presence of God. He's teaching in the synagogue, and there was this woman, look at the text, who had a spirit of infirmity for 18 years. For 18 years. For 18 years, there was a spirit on the inside of her that was shaping her to become something she was never meant to be. That was forming her, and let me say that again, that was deforming her. That was twisting her from the image that God had decreed over her life. And twisting her into what it was that that spirit on the inside of her was making. Watch this. It was a spirit on the inside of her, look at the text, and was bent over and could not raise herself. The spirit that was on the inside of her had been with her so long that it manifested in her body. That Jesus is the great physician. He not only deals with physical issues that are because of physical issues, but he's such a great physician that he'll deal with physical issues that are because of spiritual issues. To the point to where this spirit for so long was in her life that it manifested in the twisting of her body. Look at the text. That the body, that the, the, the physical deformity was not because she was physically deformed. The physical deformity was because there was a spirit on the inside of her that was a contrary spirit. Watch this, that she learned to manage for 18 years. Right. To the point to where she could not even raise herself. In other words, she was not, she did not have the power to deal with her bent. She could not deal with the things she was bent towards. She had no power on the inside of her that was hers to deal with and confront the issue of the twisting that was going on in her life. You know, uh, several years ago, we had this colloquialism called don't get it twisted. The problem is we were getting it twisted until it started twisting us. For you see, if you allow it to stay too long, instead of you doing it, it will start doing you. 
That's the issue. I, I, was, I was talking to a young man that was at our pastors and leaders conference yesterday, and he's talking to me how, about how much he loves his girlfriend and how incredible she is, and she's a woman of God, she's all these other kind of stuff. And then, you know, after you get over talking to the preacher, you'll really say what you want to say. Do you hear what I'm saying? You, you'll really talk then after you get over all the King James you know. And she looks, he, he looks at me and goes, listen, man, I love this girl. I'm going to marry this girl. And, and, and okay, I'm going to be real today. Can I, is we okay? Because we're going to really confront some things. And, and this young man, listen to me, got a call of God on his life, got a destiny on his life. I can't remember his name right here. Tell me his name. Do you remember? Glasses. Julian, thank you. And, 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 and he's sitting there and he's talking to me. He's talking about how much he loves his wife, uh, future wife and all this kind of stuff. He said, but listen, I need you to pray for her. It's like, cool, no problem. Let's pray for her. I said, what are we going to pray about? He said, she's addicted to pot. No, that's not what he said. He said he was, she's addicted to that heavenly lettuce. Okay? Teenager, senior in high school, addicted to the heavenly lettuce. See, you can call it whatever cute thing you want to, but addiction is addiction. And deliverance is deliverance. And you can call it lettuce if you want to. And I, I, and I, looked, at, I looked at this young man who's a senior in high school, and I said, I said Julian, um, where does this end? See, see, if she's a senior in high school, I said, let me tell you what happened. She was hanging out one day, and somebody put some, some you know, Mary Jane in front of her. I'm, I'm going old now. She put some Mary Jane in front of her, put some weed in front of her, and, 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 and it started out one time. And then it turns to once a weekend. And then it turns to just the weekends. And then it turns to, I, I, got, I got to do it every night or I can't sleep. And I said, and now you're sitting here telling me she smokes, she smokes it all the time. And I said, how do you know this? Do you, do, you, do, you, do you smoke the heavenly lettuce too? And he said, no, I don't have anything to do with it. I said, that's not true. For you to have something to do with her, you have something to do with it. The two will become one flesh. And I just need you to understand, her bondage becomes your issue. Until it becomes your bondage. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. I said, so I said, here's the problem, that every door opens another door. And he's looking at me, he's like, what do you mean? I said, you see this room we're in? I said, there's a door. In order for you to get to the next room, you've got to walk through that door. And the problem is there's not just one door, because that door leads to another door that's going to lead you to your car door. And that car door is going to lead you to your front door. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Every door leads you to another. And the moment you open the door, I tell my daughter and my son all the time, listen, when you, when, when you start getting infatuated and you do all this kind of stuff with relationship, the problem is every door opens another door. It leads you to another door to make a decision about. Y'all remember how it does? You didn't touch, and then all of a sudden you held hands with your sweaty, nasty self. You know, y'all pouring sweat, and you're like, oh, my God. Oh my God, we're holding hands, I'm touching her, and then there's a pop kiss, and then there's a giraffe kiss. Y'all ever seen giraffe eat lettuce? You know, it's, a, it's unbelievable. I, there you go, that's gross enough for you. Just, just watch videos of giraffe eating, and you'll know what I'm talking about. You slobbering all over the place, and, just, you know, and every door leads to another door. That's why y'all got married. I said, I said, son, what the problem is, if she, I, 
if it started there and it's now to where she can't function without it, I said, it doesn't stop with it. I said, okay, y'all just got to know me. I said, so I want you to do me a favor, 17-year-old in high school, and, and, and at some point, we got to start treating young men like young men. Otherwise, they're going to be 30-year-old little boys, and they're going to marry a woman, and she's going to be their mother, and she's going to be exhausted from carrying her family all the time because little boys never grow up. And so I'm looking at this 17-year-old man, young man, and I said, I want you to do me a favor. No, that's not true. I want you to do you a favor. I want you to get in your car. He's visiting out of town, coming to Charlotte. I said, I want you to get on, on the interstate, get on, get on um, 485, and I want you to go to 85 North, and I want you to drive north on 85 to Sugar Creek Road. And I want you to sit there at the cookout on Sugar Creek Road. And I want you to wait till about 2 o'clock in the morning and look at all the crack whores walking on the street. And I, if you're in love with that look, y'all not, y'all not, okay? This is real talk. Because, oh, that crack whore didn't start out as a crack whore. They learned how to live with something for so long, and it continually twisted and twisted. And, tw and now these young ladies are doing things they never dreamed they would be doing for something they never imagined that they would need. This woman with the spirit of infirmity, what, are we okay? I just, I, I, felt, I felt people tighten up when I said whore. Okay, it, hang with me. I'm going to bring her back into seed here in a second. Okay? So I'm going to bring her back for a second. She didn't start there. She just got used to managing her mess. And she had no power to raise herself. I have never met someone in addiction that did not want to be free. The problem is they don't have the power to raise themselves. Because you're not just dealing with an addiction, you're dealing with a spirit that is bending you and twisting you to where you are so deformed that your deformity becomes normality for you. So you get used to walking in that level of twist. Him and I, we were talking after, this first, after last Sunday. And I said, one, one of the things that we're going to, I'm just letting you know, those of you that pray, pray with me. Because one of the things I'm praying over this house, somewhere in the middle of COVID, we stopped coming to the altar. And one of the things, I'm, I'm pastoring for a minute. If you're visiting, just hang tight for a second. If this is your first time attending, hang tight for a second. I'll do better next week. But, but one of the things that was so, so discouraging for me as a pastor, because I have not, I have not shepherded well is that I call for the elders of the church according to Scripture, James chapter 5. And we lay on hands and we do all these things. And there's about 10, 15% of the congregation in both services that come forward for prayer. But at the end of the 11 o'clock service, I said, if you're dealing with back issues from your shoulder blades all the way down, I want you to lift your hands. The healer is in the room. 50 and 60 people raise their hand. So, so you, don't, you don't equate God wanting to heal your back like he needs to heal a sickness. Because somewhere along the way, we have decided to manage discomfort. 
So we're looking for, we're looking for the, okay, we're looking for the chiropractor to help us manage our pain. When Jesus is in the room going, hey, if you'll just come to me, you'll never have to go to the chiropractor again. You have enough faith for the snap, the crackle, and the pop, but you don't have enough faith to walk to the front and never be twisted again. She learned how to manage her mess to the point to where her deformity became her normality. Watch this. I love this. Verse 12. But Jesus saw her. I felt the Holy Ghost. Twisted and all, he saw her. Bent over and all, he saw her. Jacked up and all, he saw her. Settling and all, he saw her. But not only did the master see her, the Bible says that he called to her. And I'm here today to tell somebody in this room, Jesus has seen you and now he's calling you. There are some seasons when we come to Jesus and then there's some seasons when Jesus calls to us. And I'm here today to tell somebody in this room that has been dealing with their mess for year after year after year after year after year that the presence of Jesus is in the room and he's calling for your healing. He's calling for you to be loosed from that thing look at this verse 10 he he was teaching in the synagogue never seen this before Jesus was in the church she was in the church but she never got better Here's Jesus in the church. Here's the woman with the spirit of infirmity in the church. And she's coming to church all these times and never gets better. This is the one of the great challenges of church. Is because we think because we get in the room. That we're in the right moment and posture for our healing. Jesus can be in the room. And you can be in the room. And situations never get better. Why? Because coming to church doesn't heal you. But coming to Jesus does. So many of us come to church. We come to church on Sunday. We come to church on Wednesday. We come to church for special events. We come to church for meetings. We come to church and come to church and come to church. And we sit around frustrated because we do all these things at the house of the Lord and we never get better. Could it be the reason we never get better is because we come to his house but never get in his presence? This was a moment after 18 years that was different for this woman with the spirit of infirmity. Because not only was Jesus in the room, Jesus was done looking at her in the predicament she was in. Watch this. Uh, He says to her, come here. Come, Come here. He's teaching in the synagogue, so we're left to believe that he's at the front. He's at the front. We have no idea where this woman is. But all eyes are on Jesus. And now he calls to the woman with the spirit of infirmity to come to where all eyes would be looking. 
Hold on. He doesn't heal her and tell her to come forward. He says, come be a spectacle with me. And what they're going to see is what you're bent with. We, don't, we come to church and we don't want people to see our stuff. But could it be the reason why we always keep our stuff is because we're not willing to be a spectacle of what Jesus can do to change situations. So we come in painted holy and we get in the presence of the Lord and pretend we're still holy. And the problem is we go out year after year for 18 years dealing with a spirit that is deforming us that should never be. Because we're afraid all eyes will see our bent. Well, I don't want nobody to know what I did. Well, maybe the reason why Jesus puts it on blast is so that people can see if he'll redeem you, he'll redeem me. Okay. So, the religious leaders of the day have a problem. I think we're in verse 14. I think that's where we're at now. They come in and, yeah, the, look, at the, look, at, look at the senior pastor. You ready? All right, this is the way I read it, okay? Yeah, just, just the way I read it. Some of you appreciate the way God speaks through me. Some of you are like, how in the world, what in the world? This is just the way I read it. The ruler of the synagogue, that's the pastor. The pastor of the church answered with indignation because Jesus had healed the woman on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, he's mad at Jesus but talking to the people. You didn't hear what I said. How many times have you been in a service and the, the preacher is just angry? He ain't trying to help anybody but make himself feel better. There's nothing worse than seeing a leader bleed in front of his people. He's mad at God but yelling at the congregation. Here's what I found in ministry. Hurting people hurt people. Wounded people wound people. And he looks and says, there are six days. Now he's preaching. There are six days when men ought to work, therefore come and be healed on them. But don't come in here on the Sabbath and mess up my order of service. We got to get out of here in 70 minutes. The parking lot is going to be packed and people are going to leave. Don't mess up my order of service. He's saying, I don't mind her getting loosed as long as you fit inside the confines of what I deem is appropriate. And I love God. Because then he turns it, he looks at it, look at what he said. He said, hang on a second. You hypocrite. Now, in the Larnberg International Version, what he's saying is, you piece of poop. He's saying, you hypocrite. You fake. You know what the word hypocrite actually means in the Greek? It means one who puts on a mask to perform. 
That's what the word hypocrite actually means. One who puts on a mask and puts a production, puts on a production. You fake performer. Because when you get home from church today, you know what you're going to do? You're going to loose a donkey so that they can get to the water. But you're mad because I loosed a daughter. Look at 16. She is a daughter of Abraham. <laughs> hey, preacher, you lose donkeys. I lose daughters. You let animals with burdens out. I let daughters with covenant out. That flew all over me. I didn't come here to lose donkeys. I came here to lose daughters. And he looked at this woman that had been bit for, bent over for 18 years, and he said, woman, thou art loosed. Hmm. Loosed from your, uh, throw that up there for me. I forgot what verse it is. 13 maybe? 13. Loosed from your Not the bent, not the twist from the thing on the inside that has been doing this to you all along. Hear me today. There are some things you can medicate, and then there are some things that need a miracle. There are th some things that you can find a prescription for, and then there are some things that you're going to have to have power for. There are some things that you can counsel and deal with, and then there are some things that you're going to have to lay hands and cast out. And I'm not saying all is one thing or the other, but I am tired of being in a place in the culture of the nation of our church where we want to use the world's mechanisms to deal with supernatural issues. Look what, look what happened. Verse, verse 13. You are loose from your infirmity. And then he laid his hand on her. Now, mm, I read this, and something just hit me. He put his hand on her. He, he put his, come here, McKendon. He put his, come here, hurry, hurry. I know you're, you're going to completely punish me the rest of the day. <laughs> but I don't know anybody else I can do this to. I'm going to knock you out in Jesus' name. We're going to loose you. Come on, come on up here. You're not taller than me, okay? You're not taller than me. He, he put, he, just look at me. He put his, we'll, we'll do it this way if you want so you, nobody can see you. Listen. He put his hand on her. See, the reason why I brought McKinnon up is because she's a daughter. He, he put his hand on his daughter. And something hit me. Wait a minute. For him to put his hand on me means that he has put his fingers on me. And I said, oh God, what the fingers on the hand of you represent? Number one, the thumb represents the connect 
Okay, the thumb is a picture of connection and encouragement. He put connection on. The reason why he laid his hands on her is because he wanted to connect and encourage her. And then he put his finger, his pointer finger on it because this is the finger of rebuke. And he put his encouragement and his connection on her and then he put the rebuke of the spirit that was on the inside of her. And then he put the middle finger. He put the connection encouragement and then he put the rebuke and then he confronted the spirit. that Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. That was on the inside of her. And then, watch this, he connected with her, encouraged her, he pointed to the spirit that was on the inside of her. He rebuked the spirit that was on the inside of her and then he reminded her of the covenant that she was in. He put his hand on her. He put his connection with her. He pointed out the spirit that was dealing with her. He confronted the spirit. He reminded her he was in covenant and then he said and I want you to know I got the power to lose that thing completely over your life. He put his hand. I'm here today to tell some God is about to connect with you. He's about to confront the spirit. He's about to rebuke the spirit. He's about to remind you of covenant and let you know he has the power with all healing in his. Somebody give God praise for the power in his hand. There is no bondage. Every chain is broken. I'm here today to tell you, there's nothing that can come against the mighty hand of God. The reason why God's hand is on you is because he's connected to you. He's willing to point out the issue. He's willing to confront the issue. He's willing to remind you of your covenant and he has the power to deliver. Let the redeemed of the I feel like running. Stand with me all over the room. Uh. Somebody make me a note. That's going to be a series next year. Uh. Somebody lift up your hands to the hands of the one. I feel encouragement and connection in this room. The hand of the Lord is identifying some situations right now. He's confronting and rebuking circumstances. He's reminding daughters, they're not donkeys. Yeah. My God, my God. If he's ever set you free from something, just worship right here. If he's ever loosed something on your life, worship right here. He's about to do it again. <laughs> and again and again and again and again.
Nick, I don't remember what verse it is. Hang on a second. I want to end in this. Yeah, 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 there it is. Colossians 2.15. I want you to see this. With the power of his hand. Look at Colossians. Having disarmed powers and authorities. He embarrassed. They thought they put him up in shame. But when they lifted him, he shamed the devil. Ooh, I feel the old church on me now. We would tell people in the old church, why don't you shame the devil and just give God praise? Why, why don't you just shame the devil right here and give God praise? Hear me today. He disarmed the thing. Your adversary, that spirit has no power. But watch this. Have you given that spirit permission? Have you given the spirit, a spirit, permission and authority when Jesus dealt with it? He declawed that roaring lion on the cross. The only way that spirit can attach itself to me is if I allow it to have access and remain. Ephesians 4.27, tapping me on the shoulder. Therefore, give no place. That there should be no place. Every door that has been opened to the enemy, we're going to expose and we're going to close in the name of Jesus. Today, today, we give no place to the adversary, to the enemy, to the devil. Hey, KB, KB, come for a, for a second. Grab a microphone. I, you have no idea what I'm doing. Just grab M's mic right here. Come up here. I know you're freaking out. <laughs> I want you to tell the story of Caleb that you shared. She was telling me. And I just feel like there, there's deliverance in that for, for somebody in this room. started medicating myself not because I didn't deserve to be delivered not that I didn't believe that the Lord had the power to heal me but because it was easier to medicate rather than confront and so the Lord just had, had been dealing with me and I finally said you know what I'm done with this and as I was fasting and praying for your healing I was also fasting and praying to clearing mine and and so I was just declaring that over myself. And here I am, and the Lord spoke to me and said, you're entertaining sin. You're entertaining these fruits of the Spirit that are not the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is love, joy, peace, and so on. And I watched my son playing soccer, and he was sitting there doing something he loved, and he was frozen. 
because he was having anxiety. And I was so mad at him. I was so frustrated at him. I was like, why are you doing this? Like, I'm just walking away. And I get to my car and I'm looking at my son across the field and the Holy Spirit just gripped me and said, you're entertaining. You were entertaining it. And here it is showing fruit in your son. And I was like, but I didn't name it and claim it, but you were medicating it. You were, you were, you were, you were just entertaining it. And I said, anxiety, let go of him right now. You don't have place here. Let go, and it was not big and dramatic, but in that moment, my, my bent over son stood up and walked right over to his little team. And he wasn't the all-star, but anxiety let go of him in that moment because the Lord had dealt with me in a spirit of prayer and fasting and released me. Therefore, I took my authority over my son and said, let go right now. And I'm here today to tell somebody in this room, your healing is not just for you. There's people in your house that are making symptoms of what it is that you've had to go. But in the name of Jesus, we say, woman, be loose. In the name of Jesus, we say, man, be loose. We say in the name of Jesus, be loose from the spirit of infirmity. Shut up, 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 say. We say in the slip of your hands all over this room. We break every chain. We break every bondage. We loose the grip. In the name of Jesus, the Lord rebuke you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, this. Yeah, yeah. Somebody lift up praise in the place. Intercessors, I, I want to. We're going to pray right now, but just line up across the front. Help me, son. Help me. Come on. Come on. Shut up, Bobosi. Hey, Yamamamosi. Ah, 
I feel chain-breaking anointing in this room. I feel fear-breaking anointing in this room. I feel, in, I, I feel anxiety-breaking anointing in this room. I feel spirit of infirmity-breaking anointing. I feel a loosing in this place. Jesus, we love you, Jesus. There is no bondage that cannot be broken. Your eyes are closed all over the room. People are already moving. I know the spirit of Jesus is in this room. You're in this room. Just leave it right there. Perfect lights. If you have been living up under demonic attack and the, the Lord has exposed it to you. And I heard the Lord say, it's even now, it's gone on so long that it's manifested in your body. Today, get out of your seat. I break the stronghold, the barrier that would keep you complacent in your pew. That the liberating power of Jesus is in this place. And if you're in this room and you realize you have been dealing and you have been up under demonic attack, today is Liberation Day. Today is not Independence Day. It is your dependence on Jesus Day. And he's going to lose some things right now. I believe it. Come on. Out of your seat. I want you to get out of your seat and meet me in this front for prayer. Don't wonder what anybody else is doing. Don't wonder. Listen, I don't want to come to the front. All eyes on you. All glory on Jesus. Slip your hands all over the room.
Tony Cheetah family, wasn't that an amazing service and just an awesome moment? I believe that the Lord is doing things in the sanctuary right now. I believe that He is healing bodies. I believe that He's changing things forever in the lives of uh, the church family. And with you two, I can't help but imagine that He's in the room with you. I am so thankful that even right there where you are, whether you're at your uh, work desk or in your living room, I think that the Lord is just ready to have a moment with you. So if you don't mind, let me just pray over you right now. Lord, I thank you for being in the moment. God, that your spirit is not just here, God, but it's anywhere that we go. And I just pray, Lord, for a miracle signs and wonders, Lord Jesus, to follow those, Lord, who believe you, Lord. So God, I pray, Lord, that bodies be healed in your name. God, you are the physician, God. I pray, Lord, that you will change lives and bodies, Lord, in a way, God, that we can only give you glory for. Amen. Amen. And just like he's the physician that heals our bodies and makes us whole in our bodies, he can make us whole in spirit too. And maybe you're feeling broken. Maybe you're feeling sick on the inside. Jesus is the answer for your life. He will change your life in a way that you can never imagine. All it takes is believing on him. The Bible tells us in Romans that if we confess with our mouth, and believe in our heart mm -hmm. that Jesus is Lord and that he's been raised from the dead for us. We're saved, that's yeah. all it takes. So just pray along with me right now. Jesus, I know that you are Lord. I know you're in control. I want you to take over my life. Make me yours. Mm -hmm. I believe you came. I believe you lived and died for me. And I want you to be the Lord of my life. I accept you as my savior in the name of Jesus. And if you prayed that prayer, you are Amen. now in the family. You're part of the beloved. Amen. And that is the most awesome healing that can ever take place in your life. We really believe that the Lord has just changed and made new today. So if the Lord has saved you or if the Lord has healed you today, please comment below. We cannot wait to hear. Or you can even email us at info at judachurch.org. We just gotta hear about it. If you're part of our regular online family today, I just wanna remind you of the opportunities that you have to sow into the kingdom through your tithes and through your offerings. You can text to give at the number on the bottom of your screen. You can uh, visit our website, judachurch.org, or download our app. It makes giving so easy, and you will be blessed for giving into the kingdom. Hey Judah, if you've been coming for a while or been watching us online and wanna get connected or learn more about our vision, Growth Track is your next step. Our four-week classes, they happen at 9.15 a.m. during our first worship service. For more information, visit our Judah Church app or to sign up as well. We're excited to see you there. Your mama. Your mama. Your mother. Your mama. Your mama. Your mama. You want to talk about mama. Your mama, your mother. Yo mama. Your mama. Yo mama. Yo mama.
bless you with Deuteronomy 1 and 11, that may the God of your fathers bless you a thousand times more than you are and fulfill every promise that he's given to you. We'll see you next week.